broadcasting live after injecting Clorox to get rid of the coronavirus is Craft Cryptids. Can open a cold one with your two favorite brothers, conspiracies, breweries, and everything in between. It's time for Craft Cryptids. Oh, I feel good. I just got a, I feel nice and disinfected. I shined a UV light up my bungholio. We are going good, folks. I am Corona COVID free. I don't know if I ever had it. But here I am. What is up, Jacob? How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. So you uh, did like an IV drip of of that, or was it just straight uh, needle? You just inject it into your veins. Uh, straight needle. Heroin's really big up here in Portland. Went down to my local my local uh, heroin corner, dude, and I was like, Paul, my dude, what's up? And he didn't say anything because he was having heroin. And he could, you know, he was just like hunched over, and I just borrowed a needle and went. <laughs> yeah, I love it. And he looked like he was out for a little nappy nap. Time. Yeah, he, 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 wide open. Yeah. he was tired, so I got the Clorox into the good thing is the Clorox disinfected the needle, you know? Makes so, sense. yeah, the inside Dude, and outside. So, finally, I was able to get a haircut for the first time in, like, forever because, damn, COVID-19. Yeah, yeah. It's actually interesting because during this time, I'm like, you know, it's a lot of the mom and pop places that are struggling for sure. Uh, more than these corporate places i'm sure the corporate restaurants i mean sure. i just i don't care about the corporate places too that's right. the other thing like you, when the mom pop goes under like damn i love that spot exactly um so there's this barber shop in downtown conroe texas and uh, tanya was at work one day last week and the barber came in and cut the owner's hair and you know she was talking about it's like oh yeah we really need to get our kids haircuts and mine we all have mops on the top of our head or we did and so he's closed down he can't have anyone at the shop or you get yeah. fined so he's setting up appointments to go to people's houses so he came to our house today so he's just gonna act as the vector and spread it to the rest of y'all oh 100 percent. but i got a cool haircut it feels i mean good. it looks good it looked good so so this barber shop is called shepherd's barber shop i believe uh it's been open since 1912 that's dope. It's the longest continuous running barbershop in Texas for sure. I don't know. I don't know it, if it's in the country, but definitely in Texas. Well, seeing as how Texas is basically its own country and it's going to seed one day, it, it's well, just a matter of time. If he keeps it going, it'll be the biggest, yeah. the longest, the oldest one in the country. You know. <laughs> so yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. I guess it actually was built. It was around earlier than that, early 1900s. But there was a fire in downtown Conroe and burned the place down. Um, it's kind of crazy like barbers back in the wild west days they didn't just cut your hair you know they were like the town doctor they cut your hair they did your taxes they walked your dog like the the town barber was like you need it i got it i'm trying to eke out a living here and yeah he was the kind of guy when you're like man i don't know how to build a deck maybe the town barber knows how to and like, he was like exactly uh, you get your haircut, and he's like, your uncle just died last night, and you're telling him, he's like, oh, I got you. Yeah. When we're done here, let's close up shop. I got a, a casket 
make yeah, exactly. the way. Uh, there's three businesses in town and he owns all three buildings. Right. But yeah, it was cool. The guy was really cool. He's been working there for 42 years. This is um, only job he's had his entire life. He dropped out of high school at like 17 and his, his dad told him, Hey, if you're going to drop out of school, you got to find a career. So he went to barber school, 10 months in barber school, and he's been a barber his whole life. Pretty That's dope. awesome. That's cool. one thing I loved is I've never had this done before. I've had a, a straight shave before just mm-hmm. once and it was really nice, but he, he used the straight razor like around my ears in the bottom the base yeah. of the hair in the back, it felt so good. I've had that before on like what's yeah. what's it called? The wolf's hair or whatever on the back yep. of your your neck. For me it's just back hair because I'm a hairy dude. <laughs> um but yeah, I had uh when I lived in Reno to the same barber shop like every three weeks almost on the dot. And uh, you know, back in my frat days had to look good. And um <laughs> they I had one girl, barber, hairdresser, or whatever, but she was hella cool. She was super punk. Like sides of her head were shaven. She had like a, a head tattoo, uh, really metal. Not that that has anything to do with it, but uh, like she, I didn't even have to give her my haircut. Like I she went in there and she's like, you want the regular or you want something different? And I'd be like, uh, something different. And then she would just cut it up and it would look great. And the next time I go in there, she's like, what do you want? I was like, I want the regular. It was just, it was super cool. And then unfortunately she went to jail and I didn't have a, a hairdresser for Jeez. about three months. Um, <laughs> but then she came back. And she, she was dope. Got bailed out, huh? Yeah. The moral was... of this story, listeners, is please support local. We really um, – yep. I know we kind of, I think, joke around a little bit with, like, doing this craft beer is support local. But, like, really support local. Like, you want to support the people in your city, in your town, in your county that are – trying to you know make a living um yeah cool you want to go to Chili's you want to go to all these Chuck E. Cheese all these corporate places whatever but like people go does Chuck E. Cheese still exist I saw a picture of Chuck E. Cheese where it was like uh the caption was like well cocaine's a hell of a drug and it was like Chuck E. Cheese in the 90s and he was like a a, a thick you know like the rat costume was huge like clearly it's like a whole costume and he's a thick boy you know and then I saw uh it was like a picture of like Mickey Mouse now quotations and um, it's like a rail thin like clearly it's still a teenager but it was they just had the mask on and that's all they dress up in now okay. it's just the, okay. the head mask and the gloves and uh, like rail thin but yeah uh, it's still around Chuck E. Cheese is hell on earth I, I can't stand that place man um, I, uh, I don't know all the details here uh, somebody was telling me this at Chuck E. Cheese's um essentially they were like two animatronic companies and one animatronic place was like far and above like the best animatronics they were like all like classic rock like uh figurines blah 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 and they had better food and they had better like uh the kids liked their spot more and they basically out competed chuck e cheese and there's only one chuck e cheese spot left and um this chuck e cheese spot like sorry, the, the big animatronic place was like the only way we win is if we buy Chuck E. Like the rights to have Chuck E. Cheese, right? And um, before, before it was Chucky, like C H U C K Y, cheese, right? And now it's Chucky with the E, Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah. Uh, I, but anyways, they, they paid Chucky the Chuck E. Cheese guy a ton, a ton of money, like a couple, like millions of dollars to get the rights to the Chuck E. Cheese animatronics in name, 
So that guy ended up actually winning and making more money than he expected, all because he was like, no, Chuck E. Cheese is my animatronic, dude. Like, yeah, so that's a quick you history. You heard it here first. Chuck yeah. E. Cheese history knowledge. Yeah. You're not going to get this on any other podcast. Craft Cryptid. Crack open my beer here. Yeah, I already cracked my beer open. I'm headed back to Second Profession Brewing local spot um, with a pale ale and uh, it's called King Line Extra Pale Ale. I wasn't really sure what was extra about it. Um, that was kind of why I got it, right? Like how you get extra extra pale ales, like a dude who's just as pale as I am or what? Uh, but I really, really enjoy it. Um, I'm kind of on a pale ale Pilsner um, run <laughs> the last couple, three, four weeks. Um, you know, I've just been drinking a lot of sours and stouts in the winter, trying to switch it up, and it's it's nice to have something like this uh, when it, when it's nice and hot. What so, brewery is that from again? Second Profession Brewing. It's oh, they use they use a hop called uh, cashmere, and all they say in in the description is it's the most interesting hop around with no no context. But I'm gonna take a sip here. Ooh, that's really really good. Um, the first flavor is like melon, like almost like, um, honeydew, like, a, like one of those melon platters at like a, uh, potluck that nobody touches until like the end. And you're like, duh, why did I get any of this fruit? Or always the, and I, I forget which, the honeydew is the green one. Yeah. Never, no one ever touches the honeydew. The cantaloupe goes hella fast though. Yeah. But I think it tastes like, uh, I like honeydew and I think it tastes like honeydew. Um, it's a little, it's a little hoppy, but it's kind of like a little tropical, tropical pale ale. I'm a big, I'm a big fan. I'm going to give it a, screw it. I'm going to give it a four. I'm going oh, to check it in. I'm going to check it in. I give those fours few and far between. I usually, you know, hit yeah, it at man. three, seven, five, but I'm going to check this bad boy in. It's pretty good. Wow. Second profession brewing. If you're listening to this, which I know you are, because who is it? <laughs> um, send him some free stuff. He never, he doesn't score stuff that high. So that's awesome. Nice. I'll, I'll give it a four and a half if I was outside on a patio right now. That's how, that's the kind of vibes it's giving me. Yeah, but Carol Baskin, that bitch, spreading COVID with that yep. 5G. Uh, well, I got here a uh, beer from a label called No Label Brewing. Like what they're doing there, No Label Brewing. Interesting. They're out of Katy, Texas. Katy, Texas is about 45 miles west of us here uh, in the woodlands. Uh, I've only been to Katy a couple times. Is it Katie, like the letter K, the letter D? No, it's Katie, like K-A-T-Y. You're cute, though, for thinking that. Oh, like a girl, like the, a name. Kate. No, a city called Katie. Okay, whatever. Same <laughs> city. Uh, so this is a Hefeweizen. Mm-hmm. It's called El Hefe. I like the name. Uh, here, the style guide says it's just a traditional germer. Uh, germer. Traditional germer. germer. Yep, the best germer around. I've never had, and I know germers. I've I know all germers. germers. The best so it's germers. A, it's a uh, traditional German hef, is what they're saying. Perfect for the hot summer day, named after the boss of the house, El Jefe. Let me take a sip. Uh, that's cool. Ah, 
Yeah, definitely a half, bro. <laughs> uh, I mean, I've never really – all the Hefeweizens I've tasted, I don't taste that big of a difference. I think for me, it's either – with the Hefs, it either has the strong banana and clove taste mm-hmm. or it's lighter on that. And that's, for me, what could kind of tell the difference. This one does have – Strong banana and clove uh, notes to it, though, for sure. What do you uh, What are you rating it? Um, I'm gonna give it a three point five. Okay, so it's all right. Point, yeah, three point five represents for me. It's not amazing, but it's a beer that I could drink if it's around. I don't hate it. Um, it's again for me. It's just nothing special. It's just a a classic half with some strong uh, banana and clove. Um, feelings on my taste but gotcha like well, I, think- I can imagine do you remember that cartoon bananas and pajamas um i remember pajama sam no nope. bananas a video pajamas game and he song. has a he has a banana friend with eyeballs and he slips on him all the time no that's awkward but um <laughs> weird he slips on his friend bananas and pajamas was just just two bananas that wore pajamas they'd come down the stairs I think that's part of the song. Bananas and pajamas, they're walking down the stairs. Look it up, YouTube. Anyways, <laughs> this reminds me of that cartoon, but instead of two pajamas, walk, two bananas and pajamas, it's just one. You know, nothing spectacular. <laughs> two? That was dope. But no, this beer is just one banana. <laughs> All right, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> so out of a five banana pajama scale, it gets a one banana and one pajama. Um, so not bad. <laughs> That's not bad. You know, it's a two fun. out of five. It's just a one of each. Uh, you know, it's interesting these German style beers because um, for those who don't know, like German beers are super um, influenced by like this old timey law called the German or like the beer purity law, where in Germany they only allowed you to use I think like five ingredients for your for your beer, and it was like right water, malt, hops. Um, what I think actually it might it might just be that barley, like some type of grain. So they had this German purity law going in effect in some of the like six somewhere in the 1600s, I think. Don't quote me on that, but uh, that's why a lot of these German pilsners and Hefenweizens, uh, they all kind of have the same vibe, is because they can only use the same ingredients, right? There's not a whole lot of you could do it in different measurements, different proportions, but you can but not add a, a lot ton of, of uh, variation because yeah. The stuff they could use makes sense and on the flip side i feel like that's how you can tell really like german a really good german beer from an average german beer because they all have to use the, the same ingredients right. right so it's all the the um technique and eight. nine yeah nine <laughs> so before you, you get into your topic um so jonathan is going to be rolling with one of the to- with one topic today um i just want to touch base on something so my son mentioned this i didn't know this had an official name to it mm-hmm. um it's called the call of the void is what the name to it is so um, i know you've been in these situations in general so you've been to, we've talked about national parks recently um yeah. episode one of, of this new season was all about missing 401 and national parks um we've been to national parks our whole lives have you ever had so like in a national park or um, up somewhere with a very high view and you're close to the edge have you ever personally like in your mind sat there and been like oh like i wonder what would happen if i just jump over the edge like 
Oh, of course, dude. Like I've had that many, like all the time. It happens. Like I'm not literally gonna jump. I have no like suicide. Yeah, it's like here. it's like an imagining of like what would happen. When I right. worked out in the when I was in college and I was working in field ecology still, um, what I was doing essentially was like climbing, like hiking these mountains to like measure a plot of land. But not as important as that is like so I had to hike up these huge ridge lines, these. Uh, really like unnamed mountains, mountain ranges, um, mountain ranges are named, but the mountains weren't, but you get to the very top and you just see below and I always be like, man, look at that eagle. Like, could you imagine like just dive bombing off this? Right. Yeah. It's like, what would happen? What would, yeah. And it's more of a, like, and it's the same thing. I think when like you're driving and you like, I don't know, or imagine yourself just like running off the road. Right. Yeah, exactly. Well, as an official name, Call of the called, Void, huh? Call of the Void um, is really interesting. Um, there's articles out there, like American psychologists recently, within the last five years, I guess, are have done research on it and trying to see if it has any uh, correlation to to some suicides, not all suicides, because of like just that impulse feeling of doing something crazy. But yeah, Call of the Void. My son. Uh, mentioned it the other night. He came in the kitchen and was like, hey, have you ever, same way I brought it to you, have you ever just felt like, I'm like, yeah, actually, when I was in Arches, actually, it was a Dead Horse State Park uh, up in um, Utah. Um, you, this amazing view, and I'm standing right in the ledge, and I literally thought, like, oh, this would be crazy if I just jumped. Like, would I hit rocks right away? How many rocks would I hit? Would I feel? How would I feel? Like, it was weird, but... Yeah, no, I know. I think I've read something on this, and it's like it's natural for like your. It's healthy that your brain does it. Like it's like your brain trying to like. I don't know. I, re- I remember I've seen like an article on it or something, but it's not like it's like a thing that happens normally. It's, like, it's, a, it's a regular right. occurrence, and it's nothing to be like person like scared of. It's like your brain's like, just your brain's being your brain, and having like all these crazy thoughts. You know. Yeah, the brain's like, crazy. I don't know about you, but. Like sometimes, like especially when I'm going to bed and I'm kind of trying to settle my mind down, there'll be like a thought that comes out of nowhere, and I'm like, "What? Like, what's going on?" And then, like, I th- just think about all day. Like, we're thinking constantly. <laughs> like, how many thoughts are you actually paying attention to? Right. You know, right, right. like I don't know. I can say that I'm not very connected with my thoughts on a on a regular basis because you're like, I'm working, and then I'm thinking, like, man, if I was a bird would I run after this squirrel right now? It's just stupid stuff, right? These are thoughts right. that like the fleeting thoughts, right? Yeah. So actually, since you brought it up and then we'll roll into your topic. Uh, this is actually kind of fun. I have a recurring thing like that at night. It, it happens maybe once every few weeks where I'll be sitting in bed at night. And then for some reason I start thinking about demons from <laughs> hell, like literally. And then I'm like, shit, why am I thinking about this? And then my mind starts going, well, shit, if I'm thinking about this and demons exist, they're going to know I'm thinking about it. And then they're going to come mess with me. So like, <laughs> then I can't stop thinking about it. That's it funny. messes with me. It's like a spiraling. I get that. Downward. I get, I get really bad sleep anxiety sometimes where like, if I can't fall asleep and I need, like, I start thinking I need to fall asleep. I just can't, like, it spikes my anxiety and I can't, like, That's I'll just, Madison will wake up in the middle of the night and be like are you okay? You're like kind of sweating and like you're breathing a little heavy. I was like, I got to fall asleep. I just can't fall asleep. Like it, humans are weird. And I know that because I am a human. True. true. Um, cool. So this week 
I'm taking you all the way to the exotic, the luxurious, one of the most <laughs> mystical places on the planet, Ohio. <laughs> and, I love how you did that. And nice. what I want to talk about today is the Loveland Frog, or otherwise known as the Loveland Frogs, plural. Um, okay. Okay. And I'm going to... Now, whatever you're doing or looking at, close your eyes. It fades away. And I brought you back to May of 1955. You are a traveling salesman. Ooh. I, I, I lost it myself. I was so deep in thought. Uh, so there's a traveling salesman, and he's making his way out of Branch Hood, which is a neighborhood in small Loveland, Ohio. Um, I'm not quite sure what he was selling, Probably but nipples. he's on his way out. It's, uh, it's late at night. He's trying to get home. And in the distance, as he's driving, there's a poorly lit bridge. Hello? Yeah, I don't know. What, I, okay, I, we're good. We're good. I don't know what just happened there. I don't know what got recorded and what didn't. I think it all got recorded on my end. It was a little scary, so we might need to cut this section. Yeah, damn, dude. I, I think the freaking CIA is trying to hack into my internet, bro. <laughs> they, Honestly, they, that scared me. This, uh, guys, you don't realize what just happened. Jonathan's telling the story, and I'm having major, oh, you know what it is? I brought up the damn fucking demons. Yeah, that's what it was. You brought them up and the demons got into your blue Wi-Fi and they're like, it's yellow now. (laughs) It's yellow, bitch. (laughs) All right, so let's go back. So my theory was that he's selling rubber nipples. So tell me a little more about about that guy so I can be informed since these demons (laughs) Um, are freaking... Yeah, so I guess let's just jump back. So it's May of 1955 and a traveling salesman is done for the day. Um, he's making his way out of the Branch Hood neighborhood in Loveland, Ohio, for the night. In the distance, there is a um, there's a bridge, and on the right of it is the Little Miami River. And that Little Miami River will come up a lot tonight. Um, but he sees these three leathery-looking creatures squatting in the road. Um, and he can only see them by this poorly lit bridge. So he pulls his car over to the side. He shuts it off. He shuts his headlights off. And watching them from about 100 feet away, he, he sees that they're just sitting there. They're squatting. Um, he quotes that it's almost like they're communicating with one another, and he's not quite sure what these leathery creatures are. Suddenly... They stand up on their hind legs and sprint away from the bridge, climbing over the guard railing and into the little Miami River below. What the hell? Like, are they uh, hella big or what? Does yeah, that's, that's great. So he, he actually goes and he calls the police, um, and he reports them as three to four feet tall, leathery creatures, um, amphibian or reptile-like. Shoot, three to four feet tall. Damn, that's a scary-ass frog. So then they go quiet. Nobody reports seeing the Loveland Frogs again um, for years. Um, In the mid-70s, that all changes. So on March 3rd at 1 a.m., Officer Ray Shockey 
reports another sighting of what they're now, now calling the Loveland Frogs. Okay. So he's driving past Riverside Drive. Here's an important note. Near the Totes Boot Factory. Totes my goats. And he sees the little... Oh, by the Totes Boot Factory and the little, the little Miami River. And he sees a creature dart from the Miami... Ma- ooh, ooh. From the Miami River... To the middle of the road. Yeah, right over there, man. Yeah, Did for the rooms or something. What's going no, on? no, it's just beer hit me. Oh wow! So, so to recap, he's driving past Totes Boots Factory, Totes uh, yeah. and from the Little Miami River, he sees a creature climb over the guardrail and dart into the middle of the road. Uh, his headlights are fully illuminating the road, and he reports it looks like a rep- a reptile amphibian with leathery skin standing on two legs. Um, it doesn't have a tail. Um, it's just it just has two legs, um, and that's really all he can see. So as he sits there and watches, he reports that the animal is crouched like a frog, and eventually it stands and it climbs the guardrail back into the Little Miami River. Um, so Officer Shockey is like one of what I imagine is a small town, like one of three cops. In this little this little town of Loveland, um, and he he reports this. He's gonna get a ton of shit, right? Of like, no one's gonna, you're gonna be like you're psycho. No one's gonna believe him. I mean, he was by the boot factory, and they looked leather. Is there some? Yeah, that it was just a boot. A boot that got thrown out a window or something, or I don't know. But so he tells his buddy. Um, another cop, Officer Matthews, and they basically both agree, like, let's keep this hush-hush. This is yeah, super no. weird. Like, who knows? Who knows what you saw? Um, and that's it. And that was on March 3rd. So a couple weeks later, on March 17th, Officer Matthews is in his car patrolling just outside of Loveland proper, and he has another sighting. Um, Similarly, in the middle of the road, he sees a strange reptilian-looking creature lying down flat, sprawled out. Ready um, to get pounded by another frog. <laughs> maybe. Spread eagle. Let's yeah, do so he's spread eagle. white style. This creature spread eagle on the belly down <laughs> on, the, uh, on the road. Head down, so, ass up. And so a little nervous, maybe. Um, you know, like his buddy just reported the same weird thing. Um, he gets out of his car to see what, what's going on. Um, and suddenly the animal pops up because uh, he's getting out of his car and starts sprinting towards the, the guardrail. Officer Matthew takes out his pistol, shoots once, shoots twice, misses both times. And the thing is over the guardrail, die, like swan dives into the little Miami River. Um, so it's just like a lot of people seeing this weird, this weird creature. Right, um, and eventually they both made official statements that they saw this reptilian, amphibious-looking animal, three to four feet tall, no nose, no lips, two big, uh, big eyes on either side of his head. Sounds uh, like what's that guy's name from Harry Potter? Voldemort. Sounds like Voldemort, bro. Yeah, does it sound like Voldemort, or does Voldemort just sound like a frog? Okay, valid right. point, valid point. I don't have much Harry Potter knowledge, so yeah, no, it's good. That, it's good. Uh, it's good knowledge, but 
So basically, they make this report, and they get tons of flack. Like, uh, the town is riling on them. For, of course. Like, come on now. And it's, this isn't just like a, a week, a days or weeks or months. <laughs> this is like years. Like, they start having like Loveland Frog-themed sales at local restaurants. Like, they start trying to like commoditize it. But all the time, like in the newspaper, there's like this journalist who's just just bagging on Officer Matthews and Officer Shockman, like <laughs> burning them. And so, so ruining their reputation, obviously. Yeah, and of course, like all these news, like local news stations, like you know, and back then, I'm sure in the '80s, like anybody who had a camera could just say there's a news agency, right, or like like newspaper or whatever. So they're just going and knocking on their doors. They're like constantly trying to get interviews about these Loveland frogs. Uh, UFO dudes are saying it's alien. It's an alien. Always. And like, here are these dudes in this ho-dunk little town just trying to do their dang job. They're still the cops of Loveland at this time. And they're like, just tired of it. They are tired of this nonsense. (laughs) So they go and they get a, like the police composite artist to do a sketch. No. Um, Are you serious? Of the creature. And so this is what is an important part of the story is right after they see it, they get the uh they get a composite sketch. So I'm gonna pull that sketch up right now. Yeah, I'm taking a look. I'm gonna take a look at that as well. Oh my god. Is this it? Yeah, exactly. That's it. So it has like it it clearly looks like a frog, right? So it has like two like I said, two legs, two arms, uh, a very like thick kind of like oval shaped body. Um, there's ridges along his back uh, and like these two huge like black eyes, small mouth. It's like the other description they use often is like it's wrinkly. Like they mention that a ton. Like it's a, it's a wrinkly animal. Like it's been sitting in a bathtub for like six hours or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So th- <laughs> This composite sketch is taken um, almost immediately after they they make their statements. Um, a decade later, they are tired of this shit. They are tired of getting. They're tired of people um, coming to interview them. Tired of getting sandbagged. Tired of getting flamed. And so they just start telling everyone what we saw was an iguana. A local, a local neighbor let their iguana out. It lost its tail. It was an iguana. But you look at this picture of the Loveland frog by the composite sketch artist. It's clearly not an iguana. It looks nothing right? like an iguana. Like, iguanas are, like, relatively, like, slim. They have very sharp angles in their, for, like, their arms and their legs. They don't have, I don't think they have webbed feet. Um, they don't, nope. I'm looking at one right now. They don't have web feet. They have, they have like really long spiky things on their back, like not short and stubby. Like yeah, you know. not short and stubby like the Loveland frog does. And iguanas are only a foot to a foot and a half in size. Yeah. So what they what they said was, and there was a report of a neighbor saying that their iguana, their pet iguana got out <laughs> uh, several days before these Loveland um, frog sightings. Um, and so this, like, through the decades, or not decades, through the years, they start gathering more evidence. They start seeing, like, slide patterns going in and out of the Miami River, which they couldn't explain by any other animal. 
right? They don't have otters. They don't have like other, they don't have animals that would create this kind of um, impact on its environment. Um, regardless, Officer Matthews and Officer Shockey are pretty against the, they have, they no longer are saying that they saw this three foot to four foot frog. They're like, it's an iguana. That's it. We're done talking about this. Yeah, they, 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 they just like, done. They don't want to. So like, yeah. let's throw this away and like bury it. It's like almost imagining like if our dad saw the loving frog and for 10 years we were just riling on him, he'd be like, you know what? Screw you guys. It was a cow or it was something random. Right? Like, I'm Wait. done with this. I've been talking about it. Um, so that was really the last that we heard about the, the loving frog, you know, until 2016. Um, two teenagers were out playing Pokemon Go. So for anybody who doesn't know, like this is cl- like 20, like 2015, 2016. Yeah, it, got, it was um, super big. It was super big, right? Like people, like kids, teenagers, adults, were all out on their phones. Catching I caught Pokemon. a Pokemon at work once, man. Exactly. Yeah, we used, to, <laughs> we used to get our whole fraternity to the house and we would roam Reno catching Pokemon. Like it was sick. It was dope. But so these two, these two teenagers are out by a lake. It's called Lake Isabella by Madeira road. And they claim that they were walking the lake, looking for a Pokemon to catch on their phone. And as they do that, they see a creature in the distance walking on two hind legs. Um, They say it has like thick, thick legs, big black eyes, a noseless face has got wrinkled skin, ridges along his back with webbed feet. Um, this sounds pretty similar to our our boy, the love of frog. Like yeah. Um, and so, as they're walking, they're like, "Well, let's let's see how close we can get to it." And um, as they're walking behind this frog, they they're getting excited. Of course, I think they're probably trying to be quiet, but this teenage boy is seeing the equivalent of their local Bigfoot and the thing uh, notices them and bolts off back into the lake. Um, I think it's important to like stay. It bolts into the lake. Um, it didn't bolt to the road. It wasn't like somebody dressed up as a frog because why would they jump into a lake? Right. They can't actually breathe water. And so that's, that's the last sighting of the Loveland frog. Um, I, I love this story. Like I think, um, the, the other key thing to, uh, to point out here is they don't think it's one frog. They think it's like a small species of like right. an animal, you know, like right. a, a little cryptid population. Um, but that's it. That's, that's all about the Loveland frog, man. I, I love, I love this. I hope it's real. I would love to walk up on a, a three to four foot frog. Um, I will say there's some stories of like the frogs having, um, magical or mystical powers right (laughs) trying to add in that realm of yeah there's in there there's one uh there's one sighting that reports that like there's three frogs uh underneath uh the same poorly lit bridge that were seen originally and when uh these two teenagers come up on them the frog raises what's like a wand and sparks come out of it and then all the frog (laughs) then all the frogs like disperse like separate ways into the woods um that sounds like maybe they just got a hold of the wrong shrooms or something. Who knows what's going on there? But um, yeah, that's that is the Loveland Frog. How 
How are you feeling about it? What are you I love it, it as well because uh, it's not like it's not like out of a, the realm of possibility and belief, right? It's not like okay, he's saying it's an animal that looks like an animal that already exists, just bigger, essentially, like bigger know? and a little different, and a little that. different. But I, I looked it up, and the largest frog is called the Goliath frog. It's mm-hmm. um, from Africa. And it usually gets up to about 13 to 14 inches. Okay. Pretty, pretty That's pretty big. big. That's too frog. Feet. Yeah. So, I mean, if no, you're thinking, it's a little bit your math is horrible. That's just a, like a foot, bro, with yeah. a couple of inches out. But what about, toad? what about a toad? What's the biggest toad? The biggest toad is probably, um, what's a that cane. toad's name from uh, Disneyland? That ride, Toad's Magic Ride or something? Yeah, I don't know. The biggest toad is only about 10 inches. I know who has the biggest chode. We won't get into that, though. Yeah, toads are ugly, bro. But, yeah, I, I dig it. It's, um, it's not something that's super far-fetched. And, I mean, you know, because of what you do, study bees and shit, there's all kinds of species of animals that we probably don't know about. Now, are they going to be in Ohio? Most likely not, but yeah. uh, it's pretty believable to me. I think it's believable, minus the like kind of magic people who put like some magic kind of aspects into it. But um, the other thing to keep in mind is like as of 2018, Loveland, Ohio, was a city of 13,000 people. Like that's a small town, yeah. you know. Um, all to say like it's the type of place where if you see something like this and people aren't going to believe you you're not going to speak up does right? loveland have like a power plant near them or anything let's check it out loveland ohio power plant um they do they have a a hydroelectric power plant in the my in the little miami river Oh, oh there you go. That's, that's a right interesting look that, you know interesting look for so i mean that could have a play into it right and create some um deformities and you know the species genes and shit and you know maybe it maybe the gene that controls their growth somehow is all uh, mutated or something i don't know yeah man that's very that's very true i'd say incorrect it's not in the little miami river but it is there are there's a hydroelectric power plant and there's another power plant in loveland so um clearly so maybe something something strange happened with a couple you know enough frogs that it started a new population of like mega huge ass frogs right right exactly this picture (laughs) the the, um picture of it that the sketch artist the the first thing I was thinking of, it reminds me like of an old time, like a, a lady in like some cocktail bar, like <laughs> yeah, at the bar waiting it for does. a guy to come by her drink. It, it <laughs> looks like it looks like the Loveland Frog has been chain smoking cigarettes its whole life. Yes. And it talks like this. Hey honey, what are you doing there? Buy me a drink. Like and you guys can't see, but I'm squeezing where my stoma would be while I'm doing <laughs> this. Hey, I'm the Loveland Frog. Can you get me a fly? Can you buy me a dirty martini with a fly in it? <laughs> yeah, I'll throw. We'll throw this picture up on Instagram on the day this episode comes out. Yeah, it, yeah, it's funny, but yeah, I think it's possible. Um, I just found a picture. 
if you go on Google and look up Loveland and Frog, there's some funny images. Oh, wait. Oh, there's a camera. Hold on. Oh, yeah, that's good. There's some weird stuff. But, yeah, I like it. That's a, a cool little story. And I want to get one as a pet, dude. Yeah, I want to get one as a business partner. A like, business partner? Okay. Yeah, like, I don't. I think we'd go into, like, me and a Loveland Frog would own a water park. Okay. And what, you know? the frog would be in charge of, uh, like, the water quality or what? Yeah, water quality. He's, like, also all the Loveland Frogs would be the lifeguards because, like, they can breathe underwater. Well, I don't know if they can breathe underwater, actually, now that I say that, but they can hold their breaths a lot longer than humans, and they're great swimmers. Also, yeah, I would just... Skills, bro. I would love to see a four foot tall frog on a water slide. I don't know about you, but just like, oh yeah, and it's it's wearing a bathing suit, and the bathing suit's bright neon yellow. Yes, and on it are just all these um, cartoon frog faces, like making all these different faces. <laughs> and, and you can't say anything about like if you if you call any frog frogger, it's like a major insult. Like it's a it's, oh, a, yeah. it's a frog slur. That's like uh, the n word or like um, for frogs. Let's yeah. let's stay out of that conversation. Let's move away from that topic. No, I'm just saying it's like it is. It's like a, come on, I'm not trying to be weird. <laughs> hey, it's like Jack, calling a uh, it's like calling so, a uh, frog a cracker. And so Jack Alcott, he's our cousin. Um, he likes to uh, put some memes together for us, some some photoshopped images for our episodes, and they crack me up. So, Jack, please get a photo of a frog with bathing suit on going down a water slide, maybe with some cool shades on or something. Yeah, that's a great call out. I want to give Jack a shout out for um, really all of our memes, but the Carol Baskins one especially, uh, <laughs> with like na- like a better trio doesn't exist, and it's me, Jacob, and um, the Tiger King. Uh, pretty phenomenal, pretty pretty great stuff that you're doing there for the for the pod. The Craft Cryptids um, team is a trio. You might not know it, but we got Jack Alcott in the back scenes. He, you know, we for sure got to have. I think we just figured it out. Jack has to be our first guest. Yeah, maybe, Actually, maybe our first guest for just the pot uh, the Craft Cryptids podcast episode. We do have something in the works. Yeah, crossover with your buddy. Um, that we will be do, and that's over. that's a great. I don't know if we've announced it yet, so keep your eyes out. Uh, at, once this release is out, probably I would expect it in the week after or or the preceding week after that. We're going to be doing a cross-platform live podcast with uh, Matt Nadafi. He is an entrepreneur. He is a uh, streamer. He um, he has a tattoo of a raccoon with sunglasses. Oh, does he really? Yeah, he does. That, in a Hawaiian, it's in a Hawaiian shirt. That's Craft Cryptids right there. Like yeah. Craft Cryptids just isn't isn't a podcast, guys. It's a vibe. It's a vibe. It's a lifestyle. It's like you're <laughs> like you know, chi. Well, Craft Cryptids is a, its own type of chi. Yep. Yeah, By exactly. the way, this episode is going to drop May 4th, bro. This one right now that we're recording. Hell yeah, it is. That's the best. Uh, May the 4th be with you. Look at you. Oh, and also with you. Uh, real quick, before we wrap things up, your favorite Star Wars film, your least favorite Star Wars film right now. Right now. My least favorite Star Wars film is probably uh, i don't know what 
I don't know the episode. Let me. Um, is it a newer one? Yeah, I just get the order all mixed up. So episode eight. What's the newest one? The newest one's episode nine. Yeah, so episode episode eight is my the least last favorite. Jedi. Yeah, the um, last Jedi. It's almost like someone who read the Spark Notes version of Star Wars wrote that episode. Yeah. They're like, you know what's good is we're going to do everything we've already done to try to make everyone happy. Um, I hated it. I hated every part of it. That's the one where like Puppet Yoda is like excited that all the Jedi are burning. The Jedi knowledge is burning. That's not Yoda. Well, what's weird is in that one, right? So in um, the original trilogy, Yoda is kind of goofy. Like he's kind of weird in those. But then when they did the prequels, he was just a serious as hell guy. Yeah. So they tried to go back to the goofy one. I, they overdid it. It was yeah, weird. They over goofy. And so my over goofy did. They over goofy. <laughs> Hashtag over goofy. This might be a hot take, but my favorite Star Wars anything of the franchise right now is The Mandalorian. Okay. Um, well, that's not a hot take, man. That's not. That's I think great. it's done that's extremely really well. I love the actors and actresses in The Mandalorian. Um, I love the the storytelling. It's like almost spaghetti western at some points, which is like something I really like. And as far as movies, I'd probably have to say Rogue One. Um, I thought Rogue One was really, really well done. Rogue One, solid. Yeah. Another, I would say, for me, A-tier Star Wars movie. This might be a hot take. I don't think everybody liked this movie. But the second half of Solo is an A-tier Star okay, Wars movie. Okay. The I first like half drags a little bit. Other people, but yeah, yeah, okay. I really like. I would, I would give that movie a, like a a three point nine. Okay, like, I would give the second half a four and a half. Like the first half is just rough. Um, so, like a true hipster and true millennial, mm-hmm. you ask, give me two movies. You gave me like six. So thanks for that. Yeah, um, I actually <laughs> gave I gave you three like three movies and a TV show. <laughs> there you go. So I would agree. My yeah. least favorite is episode eight. Although when I originally saw it, you loved it. And I was I so loved it. I came out of it and I text, Oh, it's amazing. It's amazing. And then, you know, all of y'all were like, that's ah, so shitty. And it was great. Cause I had the kids with me and they loved it. Yeah. That's cool. So I think that was more of the reason why I was so stoked. And then I just sat there and I thought about it for a month. Yeah. It was horrible. <laughs> um, I, I come, I've come back to earth. I'm never going to live that one down, but, that's definitely my least favorite. Well, I think um, that's cool, though, that you had, like, it's a moment with you and your kids, right? Like, it's something yeah. you love that you want your kids to love. Exactly. So, like, if you can get them, if they're hyped about it, that's yeah. W. For sure. And then it's a tie for me for my favorite. I would say Empire Strikes Back. Solid. Amazing. Yep. Um, I, sorry if you all don't agree with me, but Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith, I freaking love that movie. That's not uh, no. That's the best of the prequels for sure. Oh yeah, uh, it is. I, I know Hayden and, Christensen. It wasn't the best, and his acting wasn't great in it. But I love that story. Um, Ewan McGregor is amazing. As when he kills the younglings, it's just like what? Oh, yeah, you were the chosen one, Anakin. Because you kind of forget that Anakin becomes Darth Vader. You know, like you were supposed to bring balance to the Force, not leave it in ruins. Yeah. Well, y'all. Um, that's our episode. Uh, if you like Star Wars and you want to tell us what your least favorite and your most favorite episode is, um, slide into our DMs on Instagram and, and let us know. 
uh, we'll go ahead and share those on our Instagram story. Uh, we're Craft Cryptids on Instagram. Of course, uh, Instagram and our Facebook page is where we post most of our stuff. Uh, I think we mentioned it. Our Twitter is pretty dead. Uh, it's really hard to, to push stuff out there on Twitter. But uh, another thing, if you want to try some beers that are kind of different and uh, you don't think you'd be able to find them near you, check out Tavor. Uh, T-A-V-O-U-R. Um, I've known about it for a while. Jonathan, you, you put me onto it, but I just finally, um, I'm going to get, I have till April 29th for, to load up on my beers and May 11th, I'm going to get my shipment. Um, but you're going to be able to find stuff on there from uh, craft breweries across the country in North Dakota, Oregon, Seattle, New York. And there's some wild stuff on there. I'm going to get, uh, the one I'm looking forward to most I'll review on here is this blue raspberry sour. So can't wait for that. Yeah, man, Tavur is really good, especially if you live in a town that doesn't have great craft options or, like, local options. I mean, um, it goes straight to these uh, local breweries. Also, I should say, like, we are not getting – we're not doing this plug for any other reason than we like this app. But I, um, Tavor is what really turned me on to craft beer in the first place, you know. Um, it's a good chance to kind of, like, buy beers as you go. It can get a little pricey. But if you just buy a beer here and there um, and you make it worth the shipping fee when you fill up your crate, I think it's, it's such a great option. And especially for folks who are maybe want to try a new style, but you don't quite know, you know, like maybe you've never had a stout. And seeing, a like, you know, a, a highly reviewed stout is a – is a way to get you in on it, right? Like a weird flavor yeah. is a way to get you in on it. So um, I would check it out, especially if you haven't ever tried like stout, sours, pill, like any, any of the, un, like anything. But if you, if you think all beer is an IPA or a domestic, check it out. Try something new. There's hundreds of thousands of styles and they really check into the best, the best of the best uh, craft breweries around the country. So. I can agree with that, and thanks for sh showing me that, bro. I think yeah, I bro, have, of course. I think I have like six or seven beers loaded up in there, and who knows, I'll probably get a couple more in there. So check it out, y'all. Uh, you can score some cool stuff on there. Um, that's a wrap. Yeah, we'll Been see y'all. We'll see y'all next week. Craft Cryptids out. Yeah, we'll see you on the other side. Craft Cryptids kind of feels like when you turn the pillow over, lay your head back down, and it's cold. We're refreshing like that. See you guys next week. I think Bigfoot is blurry. That's the problem. <laughs> it's not the photographer's fault. Bigfoot is blurry. And that's extra scary to me. Because there's a large, out-of-focus monster roaming the countryside. Run, he's fuzzy. Get out of here. Gotta go. I have a...